thanks for joining me. It's Dixie. Today's guest is a guy called Ben. Um, I know him through a workplace. There was an office that I worked in really briefly a few years ago. Uh, I'm fairly certain he's still there, but to be honest, we haven't we haven't necessarily stayed in touch in the sense of uh, we never met up outside work whilst I was there or or since leaving there. Um, however, he was he, he was and is I'm sure a lovely bloke. And we had conversations mostly about music, to be honest with you. Uh, he lives in the south of Birmingham, which is a nice contrast. The last two guests uh, have been originally from the north of Birmingham. Not that there's a big like north-south divide here. It's not London or anything like that. Um, but with that being said, Ben is the first person to be on the show who wasn't born in Birmingham. He's an honorary Brummie, um, but he is from the capital city, so I'm sure we'll touch upon that when we do talk, and he can tell us how he ended up here. Um, and lastly, um, I'm practically 100% certain this will come up in the episode as well, but Ben is a poet. Uh, he's fairly recently brought out a book of poems that's entitled Ben Fish, 41 Poems, Lockdown Therapy. Um, you can read it for free on Amazon, Kindle Unlimited. I've read it myself on there. Um, even if you don't pay for it, you, you know you can do a, uh, a free trial, if that is what you're into. Um, like I said, I've read it myself, and I think it's really good. It's really inspiring. Um, and if you're into poetry, or if you're into art, or, or literature in general, um, I definitely recommend checking it out. Anyways, that's enough for now, I think. Um, thanks for joining me again. And let's get into the episode. So Ben, what's good, mate? You Ooh. all right? Yeah, very good, mate. Good. Thanks. Thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure to ha have you, mate. Thanks for coming. In the intro, I mentioned you're not from Birmingham originally, which is the first no. for the show. Uh, another first, which is wicked. You're, a, you're you're sort of an honorary Brummie. You're not from here originally, but you're from here now, the South Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to tell us a bit about your life and who you are and how you ended up here? Um, right, I'm Ben. Uh, I am from down south, as you could probably tell from my accent. But I have to put something straight first. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Cockney. I wasn't born in the sounds of the Bow Bells. I was born in Plymouth. Do you think you have a Cockney accent, though? Would you? Um, it's quite funny you say that, actually. My family always say to me, "Is like, whenever you're around London people, you, you always try and put on a London accent. I think I'm one of these people who draws the accent. I'm more of a mirrorer, I suppose. Um, but I've only lived in London for about two years-ish. Um, but I've always lived about 40 minutes away. So, on the outskirts north of London, um, mainly in Buckinghamshire, um, I've lived most of my life around Aylesbury. Mm -hmm. um, but that was mainly late teens. But before then, uh, we sort of like lived in sort of Wickham Way, High Wickham. I don't know if you know of it. A uh, place yeah, called Hazelmere. Um, my parents both were in media. My dad was a quite a successful um, documentary maker um, where he worked for sort of like Colton. So, you know, I've had a very good upbringing um, and quite balanced as well. Both very liberal parents. How, uh, just, just if you don't mind me asking, how Not long so. was you uh, in Plymouth? 
So you was, I was born only, there. I was born in Plymouth, a place called Freedom Fields Hospital. It's no longer there. And we lived in a place called St Germans for mm-hmm. literally a year and a half. Um, and then I'm not sure, actually. I don't know if we moved straight to Hazelmere, but we might have lived with my grandparents for a bit, which lived in a place called, in a village called North, North Marston. Um, and we kind of like, I lived, in, I remember Hazel. I, I suppose Hazelmere was my first memories as a child. You know, um, my sister was born at Wickham Hospital three years later. So we left Hazelmere when we were about five and then moved to a place called sort of like near Prince Swissborough um, and lived there where, where I went to school. And then um, I, yeah, I just you know, lived around sort of like that area for uh, Bucks until I was probably about, I'd say about 21, 22. I went travelling, I played rugby, I was a keen rugby player. I went to Australia and New Zealand on a rugby tour and travelled. Um, and then I came back and I was like, right, I want to get away and I moved to London. Um, where I tried that for a bit and... Uh, I don't think I was ready. I think I was obviously too young. Got into a couple of bits and pieces, as as you do. Met a couple of... Um, Uns- unsavoury characters. Yeah, or... you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> Led me down a dark garden path that I shouldn't have gone down. But that's all in hindsight, you know, and um, all in the past. Um, and then I, I moved back to Ellsbury. My mum and dad lived in a place called Wendover. Um, so... I worked, my first job, proper job, was really in Aylesbury. Um I did a bit of temping and then, I, yeah, I went, went from there really. Um, and I moved to Birmingham in 2013, where it was, because the job I was doing, I was basically doing a um, sort of like merchandising for Tesco's and like retail. And that, so it's working around the country, so living out of suitcases and and stuff. So what you was you was doing deliveries for? No, not uh, not people. delivery. Working in store, so merchandising is basically new builds. It's setting up all the shelves before put, they before they the reopen, oh, okay. yeah, and right. stuff like that. So he did sort of like Tesco's, Home Base, B and Q, loads of different outlets. Argos, we built sort of like displays. That was like really good. It was good fun um, because obviously you know you're in a different sort of city every week, basically. Yeah. Um, so I met a lot of people out that, but because I don't drive um, for some reasons, but I I don't drive, so basically they stopped giving us train fares. So I had to go find somewhere where everybody lived. Um, close by so I could get a lift to the place yeah. so then I decided to move to Birmingham and to be perfectly honest with you it's the best I've, best thing I've ever done yes yeah. like, that's what I like to hear yeah. like, okay so in, in in regards to that what drew you to stay in Birmingham so what what, what, what was good about the city that you had maybe hadn't experienced elsewhere or enough of elsewhere I don't, you know, people have different beliefs or whatever. I'm not really a spiritual person, although I do believe in certain stuff. Um, I remember 
getting off the train to Birmingham, before I decided to move, we were doing a job in Birmingham, we were building the new West Brom Tesco's. And we're I know it, down, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, huge. Yeah, well, yeah, we built huge. it from the ground up, sort of. Um, and we were staying down Hagley Road, so I had to get a train to the... Was it Edgebuston? No. I used to uh, work on Hagley Road. Yeah, five ways. Yeah, yeah, five ways. Yeah, yeah. I used to work on Hagley Road. Five ways, Edgebuston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so five ways. I got off the train, and I can't explain the feeling, but I was like... All of a sudden, it's like this is where I'm meant to be. I can't explain it. It was it was like a really weird feeling. I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. I think this is where I'm gonna spend my life. Um, that's and, that's mad. Sorry to interrupt, but that's, it's so mad. Like because yeah. I understand what you're saying spiritually. It really was. It was like something telling me this is where you need to be. And you've been to so many cities before. It's not like you'd been in one place yeah, and then exactly. and then I've just gone somewhere else, well, which of happens to a lot of people. I think they go to uni and stay there. Yeah, sure. You, you'd been to all these places. Well, I, I, I mean, like I lived in London. I lived in the complete contrast. I lived in Norfolk, Norwich, a place called Wyndham, uh, which was just really quiet and boring, which <laughs> didn't suit me at all because I, as you well know me, Joey, and I'm quite out spoken and uh kind of like out there really but um no i just got off the train i felt and i didn't want to leave i just just felt i don't want to go back to where i was this is where i'm meant to be and i'm happy and like everything has come together now so yeah that's lovely it's really nice to hear like mm. like about because obviously to me it's a hometown city of so to hear that someone's like come here and felt like that is wicked but as a, as I'm a realist, uh, I do need to ask as well: Is there any like, was there any downsides, any negatives to Birmingham that you've oh, not experienced? Of course, experienced there's also? negatives. Like in life, you're going to come across negatives. You're going to mm-hmm. come across hurdles. It doesn't matter where you're from. I like I was working in retail for so long. I contracted sort of like arthritis, where I had to change my career basically to what I'm doing now. Um, so that was a bit of a negative. Obviously, the choice I made with an ex-partner, that was negative. Um, uh, everyone, everyone, I suppose, feels that way. Yeah, yeah, but out of the negative came a lot of positives. So I found myself, and I think that's important wherever you live, is to find yourself and understand who you are. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that happened to me here. So, um, and the thing that I absolutely love about Birmingham, I used to come to Birmingham when I was a lot younger. I used to go clubbing here. I used to go to a place called Miss Money Pennies. I don't know if people know that. Oh, I've heard my parents talk yeah, about Money Pennies. Yeah, yeah. Night. Was that Broad Street, was it? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Jim Sharf, Ryan, occasionally, a um, couple of other people. Um, but it was a really good night. And, like, obviously, you know, my age or whatever, rave in this, the rave scene was a big part of my life. Well, I, like, my music is a big part of my life. Like, music and poetry, um, it's a massive part of my life. And my, my dad's been a big influence in that. Like, I've had a great sort of, I would say, an upbringing on music, where he introduced me to different styles and different sounds. But rave for me was the independence of me, so it was like my own choice. I would say it's a bit like the 60s, Coming out of the fifties into the sixties, music changed. So eighties, mm-hmm. seventies, 
you had a similar sort of sound. 90s as well, bands like Nirvana, Grunge, things like that. 90s was very new. Mm. And being a teenager in the sort of early 90s to hit my 20s by the end of the 90s was massive. With the, the whole sort of music scene was huge. Like I remember being on my first day at school and I was listening with my brick big brick Walkman. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like Roxette or something like that, a dodgy 80s band. And my mate Michael, he kind of like went, listen to this. And I was like, well, what is it? He said, just put the headphones on and listen to it. And it was the first time I heard Nirvana, never mind. And uh, it just changed me. That moment there just was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This and I've never heard anything like this before. And I suppose it was the same with with going to my first rave. I'd never experienced anything like that before and it was all completely new and it was completely euphoric. And I just found out that there was no drama anywhere. Everyone loved each other, probably because of what was what. <laughs> but I just think it was like freedom as mm -hmm. such. The shackles have been lifted off and that, that's what it was about for me. So Yeah, yeah no, that's cool. I, like, I'm quite uh, accustomed to... Um the rave scene myself like it's, it's something i've preferred more in my 20s as i've got older that i've discovered mm. and it, it is so strange the perception it has from someone who knows nothing about the rave scene yeah. to what it actually is mm -hmm. like you really compared to commercial places like broad street now there's no trouble everyone loves each other and like you say maybe it's a bit because of what's what and what's mm. what goes with that but not for everyone, not for all the hundreds of people that are in all these venues. And every single one you go, even the people that are like not drinking, they're like, no, I'm just driving my friends. They're really talkative. Like you'll, exactly. you, you'll get to know people. Uh, there's, there's no like, who's no, no. that, who's that staring at me? Yeah. It's going to kick off. There's no, there's nothing to set off your anxiety base compared to what someone who knows nothing about it would think. It's really thuggish, I think. But that's come a lot later in my life, anxiety of, you know, and that, that's been part of my poetry as well, being I'm a poet and uh, I've finally got published this year and that was helping me uh, conquer my anxiety. Okay. Really. Well, I definitely want to talk more about your poems. Yeah, I mentioned sure. that in the intro as well. Mm -hmm. Just quickly before we get to that, I wanted to touch a little bit more on you first coming to Birmingham and having lived in London, the capital city. Right. What... What contrast is there between the two? Because, you know, if you want to live in a city and you're outside London, that's where you'd look, Birmingham or Manchester. You see, I'm probably going to upset a lot of my family because a lot of my family are Londoners. Like, my, my cousins are Londoners, but they live in Watford. My, my sister has lived in London ever since she left university. They love London, mm -hmm. you know. Through and they, through, yeah, yeah. They come up north, they get a nosebleed sort of thing. But, <laughs> um, only joking, but yeah. sorry about that. Uh, <coughs> but anyway, difference. For example, I got off a train the day I moved. I made that decision in a week. So I moved to Birmingham. A bloke I was living with, I was like, I'm moving to Birmingham. I've sorted it out. Etc. Um, I got went went on a train. <coughs> ended up at Moore Street Station, 
Lovely um, station. Yeah, it's a yeah. great old station. Yeah. I love that. It's my, my favourite looking station. I love the cafe in there as well. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like people should be wearing those 1940s hats and, <laughs> and Max and stuff like that. Yeah. You know I mean? And they do a fantastic breakfast in there, by the way. Uh, but I got off the train and I had somewhere to be. And like what you did today to tell me how to get there, <laughs> gave me directions quite strongly strict directions to but you didn't have google maps then though didn't have well 19 oh well, sorry 19 2013 maybe i had a iphone but everything was apple so you yeah could, i doubt you could get google maps then but uh i might be wrong but anyway i being me i got off the train and thought i don't know where the hell i am it's a big city i remember Driving up, I remember pulling up to the station, just before you pull up to the station, the first thing you see is the ball ring. Yeah. And the building and the ball ring. And that took me back and I was like, this is architecture I've never seen before. You know, it, there is some sort of architecture in London, but not as sort of like that. And I was like, this is kind of like, it was almost like a statement. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I... Pulled up, and I was obviously in awe of it. And you come out, and you can just see the whole side of it. It's obviously called the Slug, wasn't it? Was it called the Slug? Am I right? Uh, well, that's what I was going to ask. Is it what? Is it the Southridge's building that's there now? Mm. Yeah. Um, but it is getting knocked down, isn't it? I know they're changing it. Um, right? Yeah. I forgot what it's called. It, um, I thought it was the Slug, wasn't it? The Slug. The Shell, wasn't it? The Shell, maybe. The Shell, the Slug. The Shell or the Slug. But yeah. it looks like Neither a ring Slug. About. It yeah. does look like yeah, a slug yeah. sort of thing. So anyway, pulled up, cut a long story short, and I was like, I don't know where I'm going, I need to find where this bus stop is. And this guy was out there, and he, you know, to me, he looked a bit shady or whatever. Me being from the south was like quite streetwise and thought, okay, I've got to ask this guy where directions, listen to him, move on, and if you, you don't understand him, ask someone else. Do you know what I mean? So, this is the difference between Birmingham and London. So anyway, got off the train, asked him, I need to get on this bus because I need to go here. And he's like, great, I know where you need to go. (coughs) So anyway, so I'll show you. And I'm thinking, he's going to mug me. (laughs) Yeah, that's what's programmed in me. That's what's programmed in me. It's like streetwise. It's like, do I trust this guy, whatever. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. So anyway, he takes me to this place and he's like, this is the bus stop, this is where you want to be. Hope you make it all right, mate. And that is the difference between London and Birmingham. Because in London, you ask someone for directions, don't speak English. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to help you. Obviously, I've been to this place before. It was somebody's house. I won't mention names, obviously, but someone's house. Um or flat it was, it was down just off uh, Chipperfield Road, near the Bromford. And the thing is, I had to, I remember there was a turn off to the left, but I couldn't find it. Is this so when you just come in? Yeah, just come in. So I was walking up and down, I was waiting for this person to come back from work. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going. And this guy went, you look lost, mate. And that's another difference. People are so much more friendly here. Yeah. Um, the diversity as well of culture, uh, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? 
everyone is the same in Birmingham and that's that's the biggest thing I love about this city uh, also with the art I just love the artwork the street art um, and the different types of people people you know it is true what they say it's a city of a thousand trades they make jewelry here they've done this they've done that it's such interesting history as well birmingham you find you find with birmingham it's you know how you say about people they've got their mm. hands in a lot of the fingers yeah. in a lot of poles yeah. that's birmingham that is actually as a city like this lovely mixing pot yeah that's what i was gonna say it's you this can walk pot. everywhere yeah you can it's, walk to it yeah and that in London, there's no hope in that. You just have to follow the tube system. There's anger on the tubes because everybody needs to get somewhere quickly and stuff. There's just if you I need just, to get from Tottenham to Croydon, you might as well pack a tent. Yeah, very true. Yeah, it's <laughs> a long way. Yeah, yeah. You, have to get, a, you literally have to get an overground train yeah. from Victoria out <coughs> to sort of like south, the dirty south. <laughs> I've got a few friends who live in Croydon, by the way. But, uh, Me I too. Live, I used to live yeah, near there. Yeah. Yeah, I used to live in Beckenham, which ain't too far from there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is, that's very true what you say. It's miles away. And you wouldn't see me step foot in Tottenham, by the way. I'm a Chelsea fan. So <laughs> I, I just have to throw that one in there. Sorry. Ah, so that means I've got to ask you, if, if you had to choose a Midlands team, who, who's your sport? Lose all day long. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, mate. I knew you were oh. a Villa fan. Yeah, I am. You know I mean? Yeah, well, I knew you were a Villa fan. Yeah. We've got, we've got, we've got <coughs> Sorry, Josh. Mate. Shout out Josh from Aston. Aston <laughs> Villa. I'm leaving the room. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my uh, girlfriend's dad is listening to this, and he's a diehard <laughs> Blues fan, Blue Nose. So, yeah. Now, shout out to Blues. I, I'm not really mad into football anymore. I used mm. to be, but like. It seems to me that it's different today to what it was back a day. Just it, it doesn't feel like it's for working class people anymore, basically, is, is what I'm well, trying to I think to get it at. has moved away from that a bit, which is a shame because the working class people make those clubs. Mm-hmm. Do you know, it's the fans that make those clubs. And for example, when the whole European Super League came out this year and the fans revolt to that, proves that point, football clubs is nothing without the fans. It's yeah. nothing without the fans. And it's these, it's generations of family is pumped money into the clubs. Yeah, you that's know? true. And that's, that's something true. that these players and these clubs should never forget. Have you seen uh, in the news recently, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, could be Wolverhampton, have just opened a record label. It seems weird, but do you think that could work going forward? So well, they, should, they should branch into different things. I totally agree in that, and like I'm a big fan of clubs, um, clubs basically going out to the community, helping the community. I'm I'm a big fan of that because it's the community that gives back to the clubs. I like you that. know, yeah, and I do like that idea because for that, for example. The whole idea of music is massive in Birmingham and the black country. It's one of the things that, as a young, from a younger self, I recognise Birmingham as music central for me. You know, you've got great bands from Birmingham. You've got ELO, you've got the likes of Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, people like that. Mike Skinner, if you want to go more modern. That's that's what it is. It's about culture. This con- this city is about culture. Is about music. Is about art. Um, 
and it's about hard graft. Mm-hmm. I listened to a couple of your other podcasts. There's a the the common word is hard graft. You listen to families, working class families from here, proud to be Brum. And that's what this country should be about, because it unites people. Mm-hmm. And that's my personal opinion, but yeah. And that's why I love this city. No, I like it, man. I like mm. it a lot. And you, you touched on the art side, and we'll come back to talk about your poems now. Mm-hmm. Um, so was poetry something that you was doing before you come to Birmingham? Yeah, yeah, I, I was... I was more of a nervous poet. I don't a closet poet, should I say? Just wrote for yourself. I came out of the closet last year. Mm-hmm. My poetry. Um, I, my, I wrote poetry when I was fourteen or fifteen. I, I read Dolce Decorum Est by Wilfred Owen, <coughs> and we learnt it at school, and it, it, his words absolutely hit me, and um, it inspired me. And I thought I love the way he describes things. I love the way he sees things. You know, it's a very dark poem. It's about the First World War, Battle of the Somme's, and a gas attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way he describes people bent over like doubled up beggars, you know, things like that in rags. Um, you, well, I don't know what you think of my poem. Uh, yeah, man, I really loved your poems. Um... Like a few of them more more so than others. Obviously, you have your favourites. Um, I did say this to you, obviously off air, mm. but my favourite uh, one out of the lot was Cornwall, just because I really connect with that uh, on a nostalgic level. I went there on holiday every year as a kid, so like t- to see something that you connect with, but then also really in- enjoy it, yeah, um, and be inspired on it. I actually wrote like a poem myself so I've got another friend that's always inspired me he's done poetry and like mm. to be honest like you said earlier he's a bit of a closet I used to I, I used to write not poems but I used to in my head there were songs I used to write them when I was like in school yeah yeah it inspired me to go back to it and I wrote like like two poems like just for myself personally and I enjoyed the experience Um so yeah like I like I really enjoyed reading them I don't know if you'd like maybe want to read one out maybe you'd like to read Cornwall on the podcast yeah I'll get it up bear with me a second yeah sure I'm happy to read that thanks man are you sure you're okay with doing that 100% yeah sure definitely Um, part of my reading though they're not too great but well, my my friend who I was talking about earlier, who, who's also into poetry and and does it, he said he was saying to me because I was re- doing some recordings of him just for fun, mm. and he was saying my po- my poetry isn't meant to be read aloud. It's not spoken poetry. No, but I think I mean, for example, I I gave a piece to my mum and dad, and like my mum read it to herself, and then read it to my dad, and said actually it sounds a lot better once you read it. Mm-hmm. So the way to get your poetry out is to read it um, because then you can put your point across to the viewer or the listener, not viewer, sorry, mm-hmm. um, the listener so that, you know, that they can make it what they will. My whole idea of poetry um, is I love to evoke the reader. I love to put them where I am, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I like to describe the words as the way I see it. I think that comes through. That comes that comes through in the poetry, definitely. So this is called Cornwall. Um, I wrote it last year because I went to Tintagel, 
And the uh, thing about Tintagel is it's an ancient castle. Um, half of it has been gone away from the cliffs and you can go right to the top and you're looking at the North Atlantic Sea and it's something quite beautiful, to be fair. So uh, this is Cornwall. Breathe into the depths of your lung, the salty air of your central surroundings. Close your eyes and take the, in the nature's calls that circle above. As you sit, the surroundings own your soul. For this is Cornwall bringing out your glow. The world is this, and this is only where I belong. It is where the writer cried his song. Craggy rocks cloffed in coarse grass, etched in them a winding path. Walking to the edge, a look down at this beautiful descent, blues and whites of the sea and the waves, and your grey from the rock that gets sprayed. The wind is quite strong on the rock on the rock edge. Taking two steps back, there was a gannet on the ledge. Such a wonderful place full of mystique and spirits of the past, myths and legends, folklore and history. Pirates and smugglers' dwellings in coves, stone circles a thousand years old, where offerings are left enchanting and bold. There is an energy in the air, take it how it sounds, for this is Cornwall, spiritual and proud. This is where I belong. One day, this is where I'll be mourned. Thank you, man. No worries, Thank you. man. That, that was really, really nice. Yeah, I hope other people enjoy it like me. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's a few words that you've got in there that just instantly make me think of Cornwall. Mm. Like, you know, just for example, it's smuggler. Yeah. You know, everywhere in Cornwall is smuggler this, smuggler and that. Yeah, smuggler's coves. I, I, th I think, like for me personally, on a personal level, going there as a child mm. so much like changed me, has made me, like, is a big part of who I am now. Yeah, of course. And it, it's the best example of people saying, oh, why go abroad when there's, there's stuff on your own island, like totally. on your own country, your own island where you live uh, or within the UK. And that, like, I think there's no better example than Cornwall that I've come across. Like, I, I don't like when people talk about going, yeah, going, going to, to Western and Blackpool. Like, these places are okay, yeah? They are what they are. But Cornwall is different on a level in that, it's a place that feels magical. It's spiritual, yeah. Yeah, it's spiritual. They're, they're, it's full of ley lines. It's, it's like on the ley lines of this land. A lot of history, um, paganism. I'm a big fan of paganism. Um, I love, I love the fact that they believe in what they see. So they believe in sort of like the seasons, the sun the air, the earth, you know, it's what gives us life mm -hmm. um, and what gives us back. And Cornwall is steeped in that sort of history. Um, Celtic, Gallic, sorry, Gallic flair, etc. The idea of King Arthur, you know, Pendragon, Tintagel, um, it possesses you. And that's, that's the one thing I love about Cornwall. My Nirvana is where we stay. It's a place called Rock, which is on the Canal Estuary, and there's a place called Bray Hill. And you, you can go up to the top of the Bray Hill and see the sunset. 
below it on the estuary and there's nothing quite like it you can just sit there for hours um my favorite poem poet is from well he wrote his famous teddy bear poem from there he's buried at he's buried at St Anadot at church which is covered in sand from the sand dunes it's just it's such a rare place and it just brings my soul alive that's you know i i lived the first years of my life there and i think there's a definitely a spiritual pull I, more than places where i've been in my life you know it's it just opens me up and it inspired my poetry i i came back from that holiday and wrote my poetry book it's from there where my new chapter in my life has started from writing that poems you know um eventually a couple of my poems hopefully will be turned into songs um which i'm in conversation with someone to do that um which is the next step and like it's it has been my project my dream to do that and i've fulfilled it and i've only fulfilled it in birmingham because birmingham has given me the confidence uh so i've managed to understand who i am in this city and become a man so it's like that is where i became a man i came here late in life but i have become a man in this city you you got a line in your poem saying one day i'll be mourned here do you think that's where you'd like to move to next would you like to stay in birmingham do you still my, feel you belong here or no it's where i want my ashes guys in Cornwall. It's off Bray Hill, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly where... And that's what you mean. I've planned point. that, and that's that's where it's going to happen. And that's where I mean, that's where I'll be mourned here. Mm -hmm. uh, I originally wrote, that's where I was born. But it's where I've mourned. It, it's where I belong. Um, maybe I will, you know, when I retire. Who knows? I would love to move to, to Cornwall and retire there, definitely. Um, but... Who knows? You can, you can't predict the future where where the life will lay, mm -hmm. um, but I know that's where I would love to have my ashes sprayed. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah, would you be happy to spend the rest of your life in Birmingham? Yeah, that is, I've I've building roots here, you know, and it's the first place, you know. Like I said, I've lived in London, I've lived in Aylesbury majority of my life. I never really had roots there. This is where I have roots. This is where... You planted yourself. I planted myself and it's all self-made, you know, because I changed my job. To I found out what I was good at, doing what I'm doing, where I work's great. It's where I'm going to grow. And this this city, I believe firmly, in about 10, 15 years, will overtake London. Mm purely because of the rate it's growing, um, what they have in store for it. I think I think Andy Street's a great mayor of the city. Um, I think the culture's fantastic. It's it's where I belong now. This this is what I call home, you know. Wicked. Um well before I ask you the last question, yeah. uh, do you have any questions for me, Ben? Uh have you been to London yourself? You mm. probably have, I don't know. What is the difference between what you find London to Birmingham? What is the difference? 
Yeah, so I've, I've been in London a fair bit, uh, like never more than like two, three days at a time, but a lot of times over my life. Do you like step away from the tourist stuff? Because if you step away from the tourist stuff, you'll find a completely different type of London, which is very appealing. Yeah, I feel like I have in my adult life. Mm. Yeah, not too much. I'd definitely like to experience more. Yeah. It just happens to be an expensive place to go. Yeah, and I'm a pretty expensive. poor guy, you know. Yeah, no, okay. Um, but, yeah, it, like, it is a place that I definitely have a lot of love for. Like, it's just a lot different to Birmingham in terms of, as you've already pointed out, so I won't go into too much detail, but the no. people. Yeah, yeah the, right. the, the people are very, they're on their own path. You know, they're on their own path more so than Birmingham. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm I'm not like massively involved in the community in Birmingham. I like to keep myself to myself. I don't think there is a community in London anyway. There's certain areas that have their own communities, isn't there? But because because of the size difference, I think that is in I Birmingham. You, like we talked about as well, you can't you can walk anywhere. As well, it's like because it, they're on each other's doorsteps because everything's so close. Mm -hmm. You know, you have. I hate the word the class system. I, it makes it sticks in my throat. I don't like that word, uh, but I believe everyone is equal in some set. But um, yeah, it's it's like two different worlds living on each other's doorsteps, you know. And I find that a lot in Bur in London, um, whereas Birmingham. You, is, you'll just walk down a nice street. Yeah. You'll there'll be bad areas with nice streets. There'll be nice areas with bad streets. You know, it, it's just it is what it is in Birmingham. You know, well, it's like Lazelles to Sutton Coalfields. You know what I mean? It's like but equal. There's always equal equilibrium mm -hmm. across that, and it's how everything is close together with Birmingham. Like you can. It's like what Tom said on his last podcast. It's like you can go 10-minute drive, you'll be in the Licky Hills, mm -hmm. which is something completely different to the city of Birmingham, but it's 10 minutes away. You wouldn't get that in London. You wouldn't get that in London. Yeah, you'd all. have to drive quite a long long way yeah. away, wouldn't you? Swallowed by cement. Yeah, I mean? exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, I've got a funny story, actually, about when I stopped in, um, in London. It must have been about... 23 um, and me and Cam who was the first ever episode yeah went and stopped in London because we worked in this company where we had these engineers we spoke to a lot and our area was London right so we got to know some of the engineers yeah. and we mates them and we thought we'll go down for, we had some time off we was like we'll go down the weekend we'll meet up with them you know mm. we speak to these guys over the phone all the time mm. we got on we was like oh can we come down and have a drink mm. and they was like yeah so uh we booked stuff above this pub in um, Dartford. Dartford, Dartford, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kent. yeah, yeah. So basically, he's was, he was like right on the outskirts there, um, and um, we're stopping in this pub, like, and basically the pub had like an upstairs with a few rooms and yeah. everything, shared shower. Been there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so me and Cam get there, and I'm like, yeah, we're, we're staying in the room upstairs, and they're like, no, nah, we're full. And I'm like, no, what? I booked an Airbnb, <laughs> like, a, like yeah. you know, a few. Months ago, whatever weeks ago, and they're like, "Nah, we thought we've been always like, like you know what I mean." And everyone's here, everyone's checked in, and I was like showing them a thing, and uh, the guy started panicking, and he starts phoning like I guess the owner or whoever, and then I'm like, I'm there, talking to my friend, going, oh, 
look, it obviously says it, and I've realised it's for in a month's time. Oh, mate! <laughs> <laughs> so, this guy comes back, and I, I say, oh, look, I've realised I made a mistake, but look, I, we, we've got the train, he was supposed to be for yeah. today, we're here, come on, you, you're fully booked, and he's like, we got bunk beds. Oh! <laughs> so, me, me and Cam, we stayed on bunk beds, uh, like, yeah. So, but we didn't mind because it was just, it was just, yeah, it was an experience. That's it was, nice, man. It, it, like, it made it rem- memorable yeah, anyway. Course, um, it was just a place to stop anyway. So we, we dropped our stuff off. We go straight out to meet this one of our engineer friends. Uh, and we, like, we, we go around to his house for a few drinks, smokes, whatever. Uh, we come back at like, I don't know, not too late, two in the morning. Go to bed. And I wake up at half four in the morning, you know, when you have that mad cramp in your foot and yeah. you have to get out of bed and you, you walk around the circle like, ah. So I'm doing that. And as I looked up, Cam's doing the same thing, like on the top of the bed, going, ah, he's got a mad cramp in his leg. Oh my God. And we've, no, we've, we've both been asleep. Sick. Yeah, we've you're both been asleep. Sick. Woke up. crazy. Yeah, you one. knew you were out of your comfort zone. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Birmingham then, yeah. fair play. Exactly. Fair play. Yeah. I think the maddest story I could tell you about London, ironically, we were working in London. This is the job that I was doing before that I was explaining about. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in this place. It was like a B and B, and it was in South London. And um, we got in there, and we're staying there. And uh, we went in. It's like, hi, yeah, we're we're from London Support Services or whatever it was back then. And um, it was, yeah, it was about six of us staying in. And she's like, yeah, you can stay here. He said, but by the way. The living room is out of bounds, completely out of bounds. So like, okay, yeah, cool, no problem. So tonight we're having a party. The living room's out of bounds. Don't go anywhere near it, sort of thing. So I was like, all right, that sounds dodgy. <laughs> chill out, chill out. Chill out. out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, we kind of like are hungry, so we've unpacked everything and we thought let's go out for a bit of food. So it's like there's loads of sort of kebab shops down the road. So. We we're about to go out. <laughs> we come down the stairs and it's like it's a spiral staircase. So we've gone down the spiral staircase and as we gone down the bottom, the people walking around in gimp masks <laughs> sort of chat. So did you guys get stuck in? Stuck in where? <laughs> like at the, the place. <laughs> yeah. No, we managed to go out and just sort of like leave them to it, but it was one of those experiences that, you know... Opened your eyes. Yeah, it did, and gave me nightmares for about another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> it was an experience, to say the least, but, uh, I mean, that job had us in some random places around London. But, um, yeah, I think that was the most memorable place for all the wrong <laughs> reasons, really. <laughs> Leads me to one of my last questions then. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's one for all the guests. Uh, if you could see anyone on this podcast. Now, I just want to reiterate that, that they don't have to be a celebrity. But living or dead, anyone that that you think would have, that would qualify for the podcast and have a really good story to tell, who would be top of that list? Um, well, I've been thinking about this quite a bit, actually. And because I know this is the question that you ask, and I've been really struggling with it. Um, 
Can I ask, is that because you don't want to say someone someone else has said? Because that, no, that no, 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 it's nothing like that. It's just that I haven't lived in Birmingham that long to actually know, you know. Mm-hmm. But for me, one of my favourite comedians who's no longer with us, who I think would be amazing, uh, would be Victoria Wood. But I know she's not from Birmingham such. She's more sort of West Country, um, not West Country, um, Black Country or whatever, yeah. but... I think she's just wicked, the most funniest female comedian that, or one of them that I can remember. So, Victoria Wood for me, yeah. Nah, that's a good answer. I like that. Mm. Um, well, we'll leave it there. But Brilliant. Ben, honestly, man, it's been wicked. Uh, it's been wicked you on. too. I'm really thanks, pleased you invited so me. Thank on. you for that. Yeah. Really, right. thank you for that.